0: Nice to see everybody out this morning. A little chilly in here, but maybe we could be warmed by the by the word of God. We we always are warmed by God's word, but maybe not so much physically as as our hearts are warmed. I've been looking at things to speak of, from and We'll turn to the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. And I'll read the first 21 verses, reading these words in Jesus' name. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go... And prepare a place for you, I will come again, and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, shew us the Father, and it it sufficeth sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou, then shew us the Father? Believest not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more. But ye see me because I live. Ye shall live also. At, at, at that day ye shall know that I am in the Father. And ye in me. And I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth him. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him. And will manifest myself unto him. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be multiplied to each one gathered here this morning, now and even forever. Amen. I was at a, at a service to commemorate a, a man passing a week or so ago and, or this week it was, I think, can't remember which day. But, no, it was last Saturday, a week ago yesterday, but they, they, they spoke from a few words from the first of this chapter and, and I know that it's used at, at many funerals and I don't think anything wrong was said, but I, I do believe. Actually, it's it's something Shane mentioned several years ago, and and it sheds a different light on this. This uh, these first few verses. Jesus, this this text is, I believe, takes place after Jesus comes into Jerusalem. And he has explained to, to the disciples and different ones how, how when he came into Jerusalem that his time was drawing to a close here on earth. Just a chapter or so before that, and I, and I quote this often, but Jesus says right after he comes into Jerusalem, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Uh, I do, I do believe that, that Jesus was always glorified and, and Jesus always glorified the Father himself. And, and the two of them are, are really one. And he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat die, uh, fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. So we see in, in different places where Jesus Speaks and, and I guess the most, uh, I think of it most often is, is in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prays, and he prays that if his cup could pass from him, that would be his will. His, his desire would be that he wouldn't have to, uh, suffer and die and, and go through with Whatever this plan is God has in store for him, but he makes plain that that was his thoughts and understandings or desires, but, but that he would want to lay that aside and he would want the Father's will and desire to be, to be, uh, to go forward with, with what God had in store for him and, and that his, his desires would be Put by the wayside when when he did go through with the plan of salvation as as God had in store for him, then we see that he went to this place when when he says, "Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me." He he's we know that, and I've said before how how. One of the definitions of a cult is, is that if, if there's any worship or, or understandings or, or, uh, religions that are not based on the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ is not their centerpiece, they're, they're noted and named as being a cult. And, and we see that, and something Claire said last Sunday, kind of twigged my mind on this too and, and I can't remember exactly what he said but what came to me is that if, if we mention the name of God many people will say and, and be with you on that that they believe in God and, and Jesus starts out here saying ye believe in God believe also in me and we see here how he says that nobody comes to the Father except by him. And through, through Christ we, we come to the Father. We can, we can mention God's name probably in, in any corner of the world, any country. And not too much is thought of it and people even respect that if you, if you say you believe in God and they say they do too. But when we narrow it down to, believing in Jesus Christ then there's a difference there's a there comes up a a wall between many people when we we say we believe in God well that's all right and then you say you believe in Jesus Christ and there's problems a few years ago we were down in in uh I guess it was Wyoming we went to that well we went to see the president's carved in the stone and then a few miles away there's a there's a memorial to these to these uh, natives that fought and and they were fighting for what they believed was right and and I, I ran into a native woman that was working behind the counter there and kind of a gift store area of the building and and started talking to her and, and and she well anyways, to make a long story short, I asked her if she's ever been to Alberta and she hasn't been to Alberta, but she's been to Manitoba a number of times and she says that she's she's I thought she was probably about my age and, and was visiting with her. She's gone back to the old ways of teaching teaching hows hows and the whys and the wherefores of the sun dances. And the old ways of, of native worship. And I somehow was kind of captivated there in, in this that I shouldn't just leave this alone because it's such an important thing. It, it, uh, it embodies our salvation, this conversation we've gotten into when you start talking about ways of worship. And so I asked her if, if at these powwows wows and, and uh, whatever kind of ceremonies they have in their, in their native worship, if they ever hear the name of the Lord Jesus Christ mentioned. And she said no. And, and we got talking about things of faith a little bit. And she said that she was raised, her, her father was a Catholic and her, her mother was a native woman. And for whatever reason, I guess she thought her father was too stern or or whatever he was, I don't know anything about the situation, but she said she left that behind and she hasn't read her Bible for many years. And the different things we talked about, and I, I I left it off that way. I said just just keep reading your Bible because in Jesus all men are saved. No other name under heaven whereby men are saved but by this name of Jesus Christ. So so Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. See, just just before this, I'm I'm kind of going all over the place here, but just. Immediately before this uh, that I read, Peter is telling Jesus, and he does not understand we we know that he does not understand what 's going to happen that Jesus is going to go away, and of course jesus had had told the disciples and, and be, maybe other people around what he was going to do that he would he would be he, he said, I'm going to go pretty much the same way John went. We you know, that John was beheaded. His life was taken. Jesus didn't go that exact way, but he died on the cross, as we know. And the disciples not only didn't understand what he was saying, but they said it won't happen. We're, with, with, with friends like us, we won't let this happen. It, it just won't happen. They were assuring Jesus. So here we have Peter, just immediately before this. Peter says to Jesus, Whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou cannot canst not follow me, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. These, these people have no understanding of what he's saying. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. And we know that in the Garden of Gethsemane it says that all the disciples said similar things. That they will they're they're gonna defend Jesus. And and I I guess I think of him in that state of of being in, in deep sorrow, the word tells us, and it says that he's his uh, perspiration was a, was as it were drops of blood, and he became very heavy heavy in his spirit. They wouldn't have understood what was happening. In fact, they were off some distance, and they even fell asleep. And he he gets after them a little bit by by saying that can't can't you remain awake even one hour? And then later on, he tells them to to go ahead and sleep that the time is coming. We know that the, the clock ticks away and the time comes when, when things happen. And so, so Peter says, I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus explains or, or tells him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto you, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. We know that the cock was to crow the second time. It crowed the one time, and then the second time, Jesus tells Peter the second time it crows, you will have, have denied me already three times. How is it? And I'm putting it in more modern language maybe, but how is it then that you're going to lay your life down for me when, when you're going to deny me Three times in a short short spell. So so then we go into this text. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Well, we, we wonder about, about that too. But when it says, in my father's house are many mansions, I, Beth and I were talking about this and I looked it up in, in the old Webster's dictionary from 1828, so it's a little, little older language. And even in the new modern dictionaries it says the same thing, but it says more like a fancy place and I, and I think of this this American President and all the wealth he, he has and 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 you see pictures of him and his family and in these gold plated palaces and the finest of the finest that this earth can offer and i 'm not sure if if he sits any more comfortably in that chair or whatever than I do in my chairs, but we think of mansions as or at least i do uh, In this modern day and age of some place that's really, really embellished and, and, uh, just the finest. But in the old Webster's dictionary and in the new one, one of the, one of the, uh, explanations or whatever you might call it, it just says a dwelling place in the old one. And in the new one, it has listed different things, but it says a dwelling place or a, an abode or some place where people dwell is, is what these mansions are. So th- this came to me through something Shane said some time ago that this place that Jesus went to prepare and he's telling his disciples immediately before or maybe, maybe within that last week sometime. So much is written in that, in that one week that Jesus spent in Jerusalem. Before he died, most of the New New Testament, it seems, or I mean the uh, Gospels. But this place he was going to prepare was when he suffered and bled and died, and rose again, and he prepared a place for us to dwell here on earth. It's a different place than the ungodly world lives in and dwells in and walks in and, and does their daily thing in. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And, I, and I, I've had that thought, and I, I suppose many have all my life, I've had that thought that Jesus is building this wonderful place for us. And I don't think it's such an offensive thought, but, but I guess then I think of of in the very beginning... That God is is a being where there is no beginning and there is no ending with Him, and and this is heaven, and it's a it's a a wonderful place and a glorious place, and the, and the scriptures speak of it in especially in Revelations. It's, it's uh, I'm going to say John tried to write it as as beautifully as he could but it's a place where there's no sin. I guess that's the most important thing to me. There's no tears, no crying. No laboring away for our living. We will be looked after in every way. Every perfect way. And 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 this dis, this describes heaven and heaven has always been there, there's no Jesus didn't have to leave this this earth, and 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 I don't mean it disrespectfully, but he didn't have to leave this earth with a tool kit in his hand and and go there and start working on making heaven beautiful. It has always been, and always will be. So this place he prepares for us is is a dwelling place where where he. It says, "If I go," well, he left his, We know he left. He. He died on the cross and they, they buried him in the tomb and he prepared a place for us in, in that he went through with the plan of salvation as, as God, as God's will was that he would do. It says, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And we live in Him. As we go through this life in this Christian walk, we, as as um, as Paul said, when he was in in Athens, and he noticed that that tomb or monument to the to the unknown God, the God they didn't know. It seems that they had monuments to all their gods and he, and he, what, what Paul noticed was that there was great superstition in all their religions and their, their ways of worship and their faiths. And he says, I'll, I'll show you who this God is that you don't seem to know. And he speaks, speaks of the living God and he, and he says that in him, and I believe He is also talking about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Him we live and move and have our being. This is the this is the home and the dwelling place that the child of God lives in, and this is the place that was prepared. If Jesus would have given into temptation in in any way, that that He walked those thirty three years. On this earth, if he would given would have given in to any of the temptations Satan threw at him, and we know that that's what happened when when he was in the in the wilderness uh, at, the, at the very first of some of the, I think it's Mark it says how the devil tempted him with with three temptations that I I believe cover cover everything. No, I can't seem to find it. Immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angel ministered unto him. We know that the devil tempted him with... With the natural things of of supplying things for this life, food, and and he tempted him with with the honor and the glory of of the kingdoms of this world and, and these things, and and we know that Jesus suffered all all the temptations that that man, any any person that is part of mankind has ever ever been tempted with. Jesus was tempted with these things. But the word tells us he was yet without sin. He didn't fall to any of those temptations. If he had fallen, I believe salvation would have been lost. But when Jesus suffered and died, he was suffering for our sins, my sins, and your sins. So we come to know Jesus as the mediator between God and man. No, no other faith or religion or, or belief on earth has, oh they have, they have their, their great men in their writings and these wonderful people who have had some kind of revelations from above, but they do not have any other type of a savior as we in living faith have. This mediator between God and man. So Jesus says here, whither I go ye know and the way ye know. You, you know these things. I have to say that it seems like maybe Jesus was saying that you, you know these things but your heart is not really attached or, or, uh, you don't know these things of a surety because, because of what comes later. Here, Thomas says unto him, We know not whither thou goest. So Jesus just says, Whither I go, ye know. And immediately Thomas says, No, we don't know. We don't know what's going to take place. We know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus just said, You know whither I go, and you know the way. And he says, No, we don't. Jesus says unto them, and this is where we zero in on the Lord Jesus Christ being the, the centerpiece of our faith. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Zero in on me. Look to me. When you, when you look to the Heavenly Father, look to me also. you believe in God, believe also in me, he says at the first. If ye had known me, ye, ye should have known the Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. So then Philip, another disciple, says, Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Just reveal to us who the Father is, and that'll be enough. Well, there's 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 some problem here. There's a problem in that in that statement and in that thinking. Because Jesus says we have to know him also. If you know one, you have to know the other. If you know the Father, you know the Son, and if you know the Son, you know the Father. They're not just words and they're not just names that we we use. But you know them in the depth of your heart. Jesus saith unto him, meaning Philip, "Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And thou, how sayest thou then, shew us the Father?" The disciples still had still had some learning to do, and and I was thinking of of Peter there. And some of the learning he had to do, very, very end of the chapter of John, where Jesus tells him, and, and, and I've spoken on this too, where Jesus, Jesus asked Peter that, do you, lovest thou me? And he says, yea Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith, him again the second time Jesus says Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me he saith unto him "Yea, Lord thou knowest that I love thee he saith unto him feed my sheep he saith unto him the third time Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time lovest thou me and he said unto him Lord thou knowest all things thou knowest that I love thee Jesus saith unto him feed my sheep verily verily I say unto thee when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldst; but when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. That's the dwelling place of the child of God, and, and what he's saying to Peter is: When you were young, you pretty well did and went wherever you felt. But when you got when you're old, that you're going to reach out me and I will carry you and I will gird you, I will clothe you, I will feed you and you're going to go places and do things that in previous times you would not have done or gone so Peter had things to learn there again Peter was was so, so forward in his ways so we see there that even though he was that way. God was still able to work with him. God was able to teach him things. So Jesus is saying, don't, don't say then, show me the Father. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. So believe that Christ and the and his Father are one. He is in me and I am in you. And then he says that He is He that they that the two of them, the Father and the Son, are in us. We're, when we're in this when we're in this place this dwelling place or this home this father's house we believe both we believe both these both in the father and the son and and the other thing i was thinking about the father's house was the story of the prodigal son how how he comes back to the father's house and the father's house is pictured in that in that parable or that story of of being the living church. He had gone out into these other faiths. And he was even teaching other people of his own understanding and his ways. And he was feeding on that stuff himself. He was feeding on these, these words that he was trying to teach others with. It says that he was feeding swine. And, and looking deeper into that, I, I believe it means that he was he was feeding other people with these thoughts and understandings he had of his own, and it says that he was not being fed. He didn't. He didn't find any nourishment there. He didn't find any anything that was that was alive and living and life giving and life sustaining. In it for himself, or or maybe the, the these people that were listening didn't find anything there. But it's at this point that it says he came to himself. He came to an understanding, he came to a realization that thoughts of his father's house came back to him. The living church. He says, I'll go back to my father. And he had things to make right with his father. And, and that's, it's a picture of the living church and how he came back into the, into that, that dwelling place, that, that we live in and, and as, I, as I said before how how we live and move and have our being in, in, in God the Father and, and the Son Lord, Lord Jesus Christ believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake Jesus says that had had my wife help me look at these things up this morning. But, but Jesus saying how, how all that he says and does comes from the Father. He, he, it's like he didn't do anything of himself. But whatever the Father spoke or said or, or gave him understanding to do, he did it and said... John 5:19 says Then answered Jesus and said unto them verily verily I say unto you the son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the father do for what things soever he doeth these also doeth the son likewise for the father loveth the son and sheweth him all things that he himself doeth and he will shew him greater works than these that ye may marvel for as the father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them even so the son quickeneth whom he will and another one's, Jesus says, it's in the same chapter later on, I can do, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father, which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. And another place, John eight twenty eight and twenty nine Well even before that. Then said they unto unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he speak he spake to them of the Father, then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things, and he hath sent me. He that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. It's hard to believe we with our our own self-will and nature that, and I guess I joke sometimes that I always do as I'm told, and my wife disagrees with me, but, but, uh, for a man to spend 33 years in this, in this, we might say sin-cursed earth, and having, having a will of his own, even as we do, that he never did or said, or made any move, That was not straight from instruction from the Heavenly Father. He didn't do anything. It was not straight from heaven. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, I remember as a little boy thinking that I would like to have this or that, maybe a a toy or something, or a bicycle or something, and I I thought, Well that that must I guess I heard that in church, maybe I was three or four years old, I don't know. But it says, If you ask anything in my name I will do it and I would I would pray that I would be able to get this or that and only thinking of my personal wants and and, and this is speaking of heavenly things. It's not, it's not thinking of having a, a, a new bicycle or a, a new toy to play with of some kind. But it's speaking of heavenly things. If we ask that fervently that, that God would, well I guess the, the greatest thing we ask is that He would, He would work in my heart and, and lead me on through this life and onto heaven's shores and he will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Jesus says that I am with you now and these aren't, I can't quote it word for word, but he says that you you have me now and you see me now but, but I will be leaving and and he would send a comforter. He will not leave us comfortless. You think of of children in the world in in desperate situations and their parents are gone, apparently in Africa with all the diseases and these these things that are going around. There's hundreds of thousands of children without, without parents. I have to say I never experienced a day of that in my life. I had my parents until I was almost an old man myself. And, and they're, they're comfortless. There are people whose, whose hearts are, are big, you might say, and they, they work with these children and, and try to comfort them, and, and it's, it's good that they do that. But Jesus says, I will give you another comforter. And we know that comforter is the Holy Spirit. And the word teaches us the Holy teaches us that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. What what a blessing that is! What a blessed state that we could be led into all truth, because there there is lots of deceit out there in this world, lots of untruth, lots of lots of lies, and and uh, all these things. But this Comforter that Jesus says He will send. When he leaves this world. It will lead you into all truth. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that you may abide that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. The world doesn't see that spirit of truth, the world doesn't know that spirit of truth. So we're tossed outside of, outside of living in the, in the comfort and the shadow and the, the uh, blessings of this world. I might say we're tossed to and fro as we go through this life. We have, we have no, no stability. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth, it seeth, it seeth him not. It, it's not revealed to them. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He comes to us through this word. He comes through through the through the hearts and lives and, and mouths of our brothers and sisters in faith, and and the the gathering around the word, and the comfort of this word, and the, the power of the very power of, of the risen Savior, and and. And the the fullness and the completion of of what this word is and does. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. This is this is what I was just saying. How he says that that uh, he's going to be leaving. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live. Ye shall live also. Not Not only are we going to see him physically, or these people saw him physically but but we see him yet today at that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me and I in you that's that's uh such a complete circle that we are in him and he is in us and and the Father and the Son are are one and the same thing He that had he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. So this is that dwelling place that his word speaks about. The world doesn't have it, the world doesn't know it and we don't have it of ourselves. We, We can't we can't go about and be perfect examples and, and wonderful living Christians, except that this word guides us. We're still not perfect and wonderful, but but the word guides us, and the word guides us in truth, and the word guides us down the right pathways, the right roads. And the world will see that. And we, we can't muster up this love it's talking about even. We, we can have a deep love for one another and then somebody offends something, some, someone somehow, and, and all of a sudden you're, you lost your love for them. That's, that's this world and that's the ways of this world. But when, when we look at things in a, we might say, a, a long-term way of looking at things, even, even when we have trouble with one another, disagreements and arguments, we can still have that love because we have this love of God abiding in our hearts. And, and it's etern, it's an eternal love. And it's a love that goes beyond, we might say, day to day offenses or troubles we might have amongst one another. He says, He that hath my commandments, We live and move and have our being in our, in our God and in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it fixes our eyes high above the troubles and cares of this world. And, and this love we have for one another is, is because we would love them in that way that they would not lose this gift of salvation. We don't love them because we want them to become wealthy or or have some fame in this world or anything. We love them because heaven sure awaits for all those that believe, and we encourage, we we can command even as Jesus did to believe. Ye believe, ye believe in God. Believe also in me, not just a. Not just uh, off the cuff saying, well, if you start feeling like believing, then start believing. No, he said that's a command. It's an encouragement, but it's also a, a, something we should take note of and do, is to believe. May God bless this reading of this word and spending time in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we close it with a benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.